Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world, bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors, covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome into episode eight as summer rolls along here. This is Everything Under the Sun. I'm your host, Dean DeVore. And yes, summer has been uh, certainly uh, challenging weather-wise for a lot of reasons. That nasty heat and humidity surged into the Northeast, Great Lakes, up into New England for about a week. It got uh, pushed back by some heavy weather, including... What we've been seeing here this past week, which is a concentration of showers and thunderstorms that are producing flash flooding downpours. We had an episode of a flash flood emergency and record rainfall in St. Louis. We just had situation late uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning in Kentucky. We're going to talk to John Porter about those issues and all the other weather concerns that we have going forward as that heat and drought situation continues to be problematic, even with some of this rain this week and Also, uh, the situation out west, how that's been evolving with the drought and the wildfires there and what we have to look forward to going over the next upcoming weekend and week beyond in the segment after our first race of focus this week about tick-borne illness. It's reaching epidemic proportions. We'll talk to our friend Dr. Jim Fredericks about it. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. An article published just last week in National Geographic Science caught my attention because it said that tick-borne diseases have now reached epidemic proportions in the United States. Infections have more than doubled in the United States since 2004, according to National Geographic, afflicting many patients with long-term memory problems, overwhelming fatigue, and even now increased allergies to red meat. And our friends at PestWorld.org or the National Pest Management Association also reached out to us here in the last week or two to talk about that aspect of things and get people maybe being more aware again of ticks and tick-borne diseases as we roll through the summer because what we normally think about is just a spring phenomenon really continues all summer long. So who better to do that than our friend, Dr. Jim Fredericks, Chief Entomologist and Vice President of Technical and Regulatory Affairs with the National Pest Management Association, the publishers of PestWorld.org. He received his Ph.D. in Entomology and Wildlife Ecology from the University of Delaware. He did his undergraduate education from Millersville University where I grew up and he's a Phillies fan so that makes him really good in my book as well. Friends, we welcome Dr. Jim Fredericks into Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Dr. Fredericks, great to have you with us uh, again here and you know we talk about 
ticks and that situation a lot and we have over the last couple of years here on everything under the sun with you and i think what happens is some of us you know we we get the thought in early when we get out in the late summer early uh or late spring early summer you know and the ticks are really active that first time um that that's the only time of the year that we have to think about it and i think you and your colleagues were certainly concerned that we're seeing um tremendous amounts of tick-borne illness continuing here as we go through the summer the problem is jim as we look at it you know everything else you know with covid still going now we're talking about monkeypox we're talking about all this stuff some of those things that are people dealing with every day kind of get pushed down and i think that's one reason that you and your folks and your colleagues wanted to kind of make us aware again that we need to be thinking about tick-borne illness, especially as we're out and about here trying to enjoy some good summer weather at times here over the next couple of months. Yeah. And so, yeah, I appreciate you having me on because I think it's important to continue the conversation about ticks. A lot of times we think about ticks as being the spring and the and the autumn uh, pest, you know, something that we're encountering as, you know, those first beautiful days in the spring when you get out and go out for a hike or a uh, autumn as you get into uh, maybe hunting season and prime like leaf peeping season. And people are really aware of ticks at that time. But ticks are going to be active throughout the entire summer. If it, if it's extremely hot and dry, tick activity is going to be reduced. Um, but for most of the most of the parts of the country, you're going to have, you know, hot, humid weather. And when you have hot, humid weather, ticks are going to be active. And so it's important to just remember to be, um, you know, you don't need to be afraid, but you need to be aware. And when it comes to ticks, it's good to be aware and take some precautions to protect yourself. Right. Um, I think people, you know, let's let's talk about that. There's multiple ways you can be protected. Obviously, one is if you can be covered as much as possible and especially those areas, what, from the, the hips down along your legs as you walk through. That seems to be where I see the most tick situations when I'm playing disc golf and I come back and I do actually find one that's hanging on clothes or whatever. It's usually from my waist down. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so ticks, um, they don't have wings. Uh, they don't jump. They crawl. In fact, you know, the neat thing, one of the interesting behaviors about ticks is that they will um, they will do this thing called questing and they'll crawl out to the edge of, a, you know, maybe an overhang, uh, a twig that's hanging over the um, uh, over a trail or in some long grass or a walkway or something like yeah, that. And they'll just kind of hang out with hold on with their hind legs and they'll reach out with their front legs. And when you brush by, They'll grab on. And they so launch. Do they, they, they like jump out. So this is like a bad science fiction, scary movie in miniature, right? Um, you know, but they actually do that. They're actually crouching and waiting for you, something to, to, to glom onto, right? Yeah, there. they're just waiting for you to brush against that, you know, those weeds or that high grass or whatever it happens to be. And they're able to just catch on and they hitch a ride and then they start looking for food. You know, um, Dean, you mentioned about, you know, covering yourself up. And that makes good sense in the spring and the autumn right. when it's cooler. <laughs> but if you're out for a hike on a, you know, on a nice 80 degree day in July or and August. Even, even a not so nice 85 degree day with 70 dew point, which is what we've been feeling here in the Northeast the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be too covered up, do you? That's the challenge, right? So um, there's lots of recommendations, and certainly these are good recommendations to wear long pants, long sleeves, tuck your pants into your socks, and that's going to definitely help reduce the number of ticks that are going to uh, attach to your body. Uh, but it's not always um, 
it's not always practical in the in the hot summer days. So you do have to still take some precautions to protect yourself and protect your property. Uh, the easiest thing to do is to make sure that you're wearing bug repellent. Uh, you're going to look for something that repels ticks. Uh, it's going to be especially important to find something that has an EPA registration number uh, because that repellent is going, you know, that EPA registration number on a repellent is going to indicate to you that it has been tested and it works and that it's safe for use and it's not going to cause harm to you or the environment. And, you know, DEET, right? That's the uh, that's the compound that we're also looking for. I know in our in our world here in the last couple of decades, there has obviously been uh, concern about the amount of pesticides and chemicals that we use. And so I think DEET was one of those that people, well, you know, wanted to shy away from. But when you're talking about ticks, it really is the most effective, right, in terms of the chemicals to to to. To repel them? Yeah, DEET is going to be a, an extremely effective repellent. And uh, you're going to want to uh, choose a, a product that contains DEET. There's a number of other active ingredients that are also going to be effective. But that's really the reason that I talk about uh, EPA registration. And, uh, and, and the reason that that is so important as you're selecting a product, uh, a repellent product, is that um, in order to get that EPA registration number, you need to prove one that it repels ticks and two okay. that it's safe, and so that's going to be your assurance that um, uh, that the Environmental Protection Agency has indicated that if it's used according to label instructions, it's not going to be harmful to you or your kids. All right. So again, that EPA registration number is kind of your guarantee that it's been a, it's been evaluated, it's been judged, it's been analyzed. And so those levels and, and you can vary amount the levels of DEET in the stuff that you you buy. Right. Uh, Dr. Fredericks, I see, you know, some that are a little bit higher percentage than others. So if you have some concerns about the amount, you can control that yourself based on your situation. Right. You can. So there's products that are going to have a, a wide range of concentration of the active ingredient. Uh, that are that's in the, in that particular repellent product. One thing you should look for: make sure if you're trying to repel ticks that it says ticks on that label. I know those those labels on some of those repellents are you know they're hard to read. It's mm -hmm. fine print. Um, there's you know lots of words that don't make a lot of sense to us. But look for the pest that you're trying to repel. So if you if you're trying to protect yourself from ticks and mosquitoes, make sure both of those are on that label because that's going to ensure that the concentration is matched up with the pest that you're trying to repel. We're talking with Dr. Jim Fredericks. He is here to talk to us about making sure that we're still thinking about ticks and how to prevent them. That's what we spent time on him. And let's go to the next step, Jimmy, which I'm thinking about that moment that you just come inside. I think it is so important for you to check yourself, check your pets, um, if you've got other people with you, it's been a, a situation you've been out with a group of people, everybody should check each other because we can't all necessarily see the parts of our body where these ticks may be attaching with relative ease by ourselves. But that checking is going to be extremely important here in trying to ward off because the tick doesn't immediately get on you and bore in within seconds. There's there's a lag time that you have to catch this situation before it can become more problematic, right? That's right. And in fact, even once a tick, um, uh, you know, bites and begins to start feeding, um, you know, the most important uh, 
tick-borne illness that we're concerned about is Lyme disease. And the pathogen that causes Lyme disease is not typically transmitted by uh, the deer tick until it's been attached for close to 24 hours. So you have some time to find those ticks. And if you can find them before they bite, that's even better. And so the second part of protecting yourself uh, with the first being repellent, the second part is to do a tick check and check yourself thoroughly. It's not just the surface of your clothes, uh, but you're going to need to check your body and and look closely to find those ticks uh, before they attach or, you know, find them and then remove them soon after. The third thing that I always recommend that goes hand in hand with this tick check is to simply take a shower when you get home. So you've spent a day out in the, you know, out in, a, in an area maybe that might be a, a tick habitat. It could be the woods, but it could be at the kid's soccer game. Uh, you know, you chase a ball over into the weeds and you could pick up a tick. When you get home, take a shower. You could physically wash ticks off of your body. Um, but at the very least, it gives you a really good opportunity for a close inspection to find those ticks that are on you. Now, um, what level do I have to start being concerned uh, in terms of if I do that inspection or I haven't inspected closely and I come back and I see a tick either partially halfway engorged or full engorgement into and maybe just a little bit showing? I think each of those situations probably requires a little bit different action. Is that right? Well, if you find a tick that has um, that has that that has bitten you, that is attached to your body, that's feeding on your blood, um, you want to remove that tick promptly. And there are lots of, you know, honestly, lots of wild, uh, you know, ways that people have come up with and uh, how to remove a tick. But it isn't really uh, very hard to do. What you need to do is. Um, you know, kind of identify where the tick is and then get yourself a pair of tweezers and grasp that tick as close to the where it's attached to your skin as possible, right? Um, and you're going to simply pull with a gentle but steady pressure straight up. Don't yank it. Don't scrape it, anything like that. Just pull with a steady pressure. That tick will let go. When faced with the proposition of its <laughs> of its head being pulled off, or uh, or letting go, the tick will let go, and you're able to pull that out. What you don't want to do is grasp it by the body or squeeze its body because you'll actually uh, push some of those uh, digestive fluids and everything else from Enzymes, that tick's that guts kind of stuff, yeah. right into your right into your skin, which could increase the probability of some disease transmission. So remove that thing right away, then wash with soap and water. And then if we feel like we've had a bite or an incursion. The testing is better, right? I, I, I'm really, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of friends here in the office here at AccuWeather that are outdoor type people. And, and you know, they, they tell me all the time, you know, yeah, I was scared. I took a test. I and So so the testing for Lyme disease infection by a tick is better. Is it just Lyme disease they can look for? Are there are other tick-borne illnesses that they can test for if you think that you've had a significant bite and a significant issue. There are a number of different tick-borne illnesses that can be transmitted, um, and there are tests from for many of them. Um, if you suspect that you that you you may have contracted something or you're feeling ill, oftentimes these are flu-like symptoms. I can't stress it enough. See your physician. Your physician is going to be able to order the right test to determine if you um, if you're positive. Early treatment is better. Uh, for many of these things. Uh, Lyme disease is the most commonly transmitted tick-borne illness. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's estimated that um, where CDC gets about 30,000 cases reported to them each year. Um, but they estimate that the real number of infections nationwide is closer to um, closer to 500,000 cases. Uh, so half a million people a year. Um, they, so they just think it's simply underreported because people often look for the telltale bullseye rash, but that bullseye rash doesn't show up all the time. So any kind of flu-like illness, fever, headache, feeling worn out, go to see your physician and, and tell your physician that you've been bitten by a tick. Yeah, I mean, especially, too, with everything that's going on, because a lot of those symptoms are COVID-y symptoms that we've been dealing with. And, you know, it's funny because I, I've had a lot of people say, you know, I, I had that symptoms, I had all that, uh, but I tested negative, I keep testing negative. I'm like, well, do you think it might be something else? You know, there's <laughs> COVID isn't the only thing in the world. And that's, I think, one reason that we wanted to do this interview here, that we need to keep thinking about this. Um what other things before we uh, let you go here, uh, Jim, what are other things right now from the pest world here as you look at uh, your role with the National Pest Management Association and PestWorld.org? What are some other things other than ticks that your guys have been watching and following here as we head into the latter part of summer, early fall that people need to be thinking about? Well, I'll tell you, um, one of the things that uh, we uh, we're, we're getting some reports now, right? Uh, so uh, ants have been uh, on the decline a little bit, um, but uh, but that's probably due to the to the hot weather and they're seeking some shelter. Um, when when insect pests uh, are seeking shelter in the hot weather, we don't call it hibernation; we'll call, call it estivation. Um, but we also are on the lookout right now for stinging insects. Um, stinging insects are going to be at their peak population, so hornets, yellow jackets, right. If you uh, if you have a nest on your property, don't be a hero. Uh, call a pro uh, because uh, seeing insects send people lots of people to the hospital every year. But the one that is on our radar now, coming off of a couple of years when people haven't been taking all those summer vacations, right? We're we're looking out for bed bugs, Ooh. and um, there is a good chance that we're going to see some bed bug populations spike simply because. People are traveling like they haven't done in two or three years. And we know that bed bugs are great hitchhikers. And so we could very well see an increase in bed bug calls coming up this autumn. How are, How's the mosquito situation and mosquito-borne illness? Something else, you know, that times that we have to deal with. Where Where is that here and as we go in the late summer? Well, when it comes to mosquitoes, we're always going to be looking for um, kind of the, the weather combination of, of, of high temperatures and rainfall. And so when we get excessive rainfall, like some of the flooding that we've seen around the country, you're going to have standing water in places where it normally wouldn't be. And that is the prime breeding ground for mosquitoes. Um, you know, we often think of mosquitoes as just being the flying, biting pests. Um, but, you know, uh, three quarters of their life cycle, the egg, larva and pupa stage all occur in water. And uh, mosquitoes like the Asian tiger mosquito, which is one of the most prevalent pests um, and as a daytime biter is uh, can complete its life cycle in as little as a week when it's 85 degrees outside in the amount of water that it takes to fill up a bottle cap. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking about our friends at uh, in St. Louis that just have gone through 10, 11, 12, 13 inches of rain in one morning here probably will be having that situation because they certainly got the heat there as well. 
Dr. Frederick, so good to spend time with you. Um, I will keep being being diligent on the uh, tick watch here for me as I go out and play disc golf here in the summer, and everyone should too. Um, and your organization has great resources, so we'll point them there and get all the information they need. It's always good to talk to you, my friend, and thanks for being with us here on Everything Under the Sun. Thank you, Dean. Thanks again to Jim. Again, pestworld.org is the official website of the National Pest Management Association, NPMA. It's a nonprofit organization committed to the protection of the public health, food, and property. Uh, An amazing site, pestworld.org, to help you um, navigate not only finding out about insects and problems and how to mitigate them or how to prevent them, or if you have a problem, what it's really all about, how to find a professional to conquer that. Again, thanks to uh, National Pest Management Association and PestWorld.org and Dr. Jim Fredericks for spending time and getting us some needed information. Coming up next on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com, a busy summer weather week behind us. What does the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond look like? Talking about some of the big issues, too, with flooding and drought. John Porter, our chief meteorologist at AccuWeather, joins me next on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. This is meteorologist Dean DeVore, joined now by our vice president, our chief meteorologist, John Porter, on what has been an absolutely incredible busy couple of weeks as... um, you know, John, I noted to you here before we started that uh, I was in on Cape Cod for the first half, basically, of July, and it was beautiful up there. We were in a nice air mass, blue skies, low humidity, comfortable warmth, came back through that heat and humidity surge that was starting for more inland areas here as we got into that uh, middle part of July, and then Man, did the seal come off and we got into our first extended heat wave of the season, almost a week long in the northeast parts of the Great Lakes. And we're looking at uh, this heat and humidity continuing to cause problems as drier air came in and pushed that heat and humidity down. An absolute amazing zone of flooding downpours all the way that started uh, on 
on Tuesday in um, St. Louis and then Thursday as we record this interview with John in Kentucky and more concerned that along that undulating front here over the next uh, several days, we could have more problems, uh, more heat out west. And we're going to see build back to the central parts of the country in the east. John, a challenging time for our meteorologists at AccuWeather.com. And AccuWeather, and I know you're proud of the work that we've done, and it's been extremely busy over the last couple of weeks. It, it sure has, and we've uh, been helping people, businesses, and communities around the world, not only all of what you've mentioned, Dean, in the United States, but the astounding historic heat wave across Europe, uh, from Portugal to Poland, south to Italy, and the all-time records shattered in um, in Europe, as we talked about on the on the podcast last week, but back in uh, in the United States, we have been dealing with so many different weather threats, and it does look like uh, Dean that this has all been set up along the battleground that we've been talking about for several weeks between the uh, persistent heat dome across the southern part of the United States with the uh, incredible heat day after day after day, places like Dallas and surrounding uh, parts of the southern plains. And then also the uh, much cooler and less humid air further to the north. And right there on that battleground, as little ripples of, uh, as disturbances have run along that uh, stationary front, we've ended up with this, unfortunately, once again, catastrophic flash flooding situations where we get too much rainfall coming down too quickly, 8 to 12 inches of rain, sometimes in the matter of just a couple of hours, and people are seeing flooding occurring in places that they've never seen it before. When you hear people who have lived in an area 40, yeah. 50 years saying, we've not seen water ha- happen in those areas before, that's the kind of situation that we've been unfortunately dealing with once again in many of these communities as we've been warning about for days in advance. And John, in another conversation, I'd like to explore some of that uh, much further, but I think the public now has to really change the way they think about the weather. And it's a combination. It's not only the climate changing, but to understand the geography and their landscaping and all of the uh, ways that people have built up areas around uh, places in the last 20 years, certain areas, uh, you're going to get tremendously different effects. And we're seeing these kinds of really uh, flood emergency situations outside normal times when we expect heavy rainfall in areas and it's all adding up to where people need to start paying attention a little more closely on a daily basis because we kind of know three, four, five days ahead that some of this stuff is likely to happen. We just don't have the fine tune of the exact area. So maybe the day or so before. Right. And that's why we're spending so much time uh, really, as I call it, fussing over every detail of the AccuWeather forecast in our AccuWeather app and uh, the AccuWeather uh, network and also our AccuWeather.com website. And Dean, this is a great time for people to be extra aware of turning on push notifications in their AccuWeather app and subscribing to our new Premium Plus feature. People yes. have loved that because we can provide extra advanced notice in many situations for flash flooding, for tornado threats, for high wind threats. So it's an extra tool to help you be even safer in various weather events. And Dean, we just added some great new functionality for sounds, sounds in yeah, the AccuWeather sounds. app. Uh, yeah, when, when it's right. the more, the, 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 the top tier stuff, flooding, right. flesh flooding, flood emergencies, when 
This is getting much worse than maybe initially expected. And we are ramping up that this you need to take action now. It's going to have a little more important sound, especially good for when people are, you know, resting or sleeping in this situation. Absolutely. Great way to stay extra aware. And we'll continue to watch the threat for flooding, Dean, over the coming days. It's going to shift a little bit south now in the coming days. But that threat's still going to be there as we have that frontal boundary waves riding along it. Excessive rainfall can still create the risk for some flooding. This time, the threat will be a little bit further south as we head into the weekend and into next week. Yeah, let's paint the picture here of the weekend uh, forecast. First of all, uh, uh, heat, as we record this on Thursday, really surging again into the west, uh, dry and hot all the way through the Pacific Northwest. Down do you get to the mountains of California, east of uh, the L.A. basin, and then uh, monsoonal moisture, John, coming up into the Four Corners area with some showers and thunderstorms. Places like uh, Phoenix, Tucson, and up towards Denver, right? Absolutely. Uh, there's been some heavy rain associated with some of these monsoon thunderstorms, some flash flooding in parts of the West. That's typical for this time of the year. Uh, I'm concerned that's going to spread a little bit further to the East here. So in the coming days, uh, Southeast Colorado into portions of Kansas and Oklahoma, some of those places have been dry, as we've been talking about, but Heavy rainfall falling on very arid soil and dry soil can also produce a quick flash flooding problem as well. So we're going to have those concerns over the coming days. Most of Texas just dry and hot. Then that uh, ring of fire where at the northern edge you had those showers and thunderstorms just on that undulating front that John was uh, talking about. Um, Kansas, Oklahoma, southern Missouri, Arkansas, and then keep drawing the line eastward, the Tennessee Valley, northern parts of Alabama, Mississippi, and then into the Carolinas, North Georgia, up to just maybe south of D.C. That's the zone that we're Mm -hmm. really targeting this weekend. It is. And then to the north of that, Dean, into next week, the heat is going to be on once again, especially that corridor that's been dry over over an extended period of time this uh, summer. Uh, sort of that corridor from Philadelphia up into uh, much of eastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey, up into southern New England. Look out. I think we're going above 100 here again into uh, the later part of next week. Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall with that, John, because, you know, with this lower humidity air that's coming in for the weekend all the way from Chicago to New York, Boston, it's not all that much cooler. Temperatures mid to upper 80s, almost to near no. 90, right? And so that launching point becomes higher for the next surge of hotter air that's coming up to the from the south and, and, and west. And so, yeah, I think uh, hot and humid and stretches of that again, I think we'll be talking another heat wave. Just not sure how long it could be, three, four, five days, but it's not out of the question in some of those areas. The other big story is the tropics remaining quiet. Here in the Atlantic uh, Basin, looks like it's going to be that way in general over the next couple of weeks. But I was just talking with Paul Pastlock and our long-range team, and their thought is that it's going to ramp up perhaps very quickly as we head toward uh, the later part of of August. So more activity expected. This is what we're talking about, folks. You know, the the weather that John and I grew up in, it eased Mm -hmm. in and eased out. It wasn't this violent Mm. change. Similar here, nothing going on in the tropics for a lot, you know, a, a quick start with some stuff spinning up, then nothing. And then it could just explode again into activity. Uh, yeah, it's just as the way the weather pattern is right now. And 
This is why AccuWeather is important every day. John, thanks for being with us. I know you're busy. I appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks, uh, Dean, and thanks to you and uh, our entire team. Uh, lots of hard work this week to keep people prepared. I know you were doing quite a lot of work with our uh, great radio partner in St. Louis, KMOX, helping people stay ahead of the dangerous weather there. And also appreciate your multiple appearances on the AccuWeather Network this week to talk about uh, those weather threats. So have a Any, great weekend. Anytime I get to spend with Bernie Reno is a great time. John, great to talk <laughs> there to you. There you go. Thanks, my friend. Take care. And John brings up a good point. This heat and humidity is going to surge back, and it doesn't look like it's going to get squashed anytime soon. And so we're getting into that uh, time of the year where folks uh, are getting their kids ready in the next week or two to ship them out to high school and middle school, football practice and field hockey practice, soccer practice. And, you know, we've done situations on talking about that before but one a little unique perspective first of all from one of our team members here at accuweather.com you know him well joe lundberg one of our long-range folks and a great person that's been on our great radio stations throughout the years joe just competed in the iron man competition last week and all that heat and humidity up in new york and they had some uh, situations where they had to make some adjustments. We're going to talk to him about his situation in doing that. Then we're going to bring in an expert from Penn State uh, talking about how you can get your son or daughter ready for this upcoming sports season as we get ready to start having them out in the hot sun and the humidity and some uh, things to try to keep an eye on and how to get ready for that in the next couple of weeks with uh, maybe some prehydration and other aspects that's going to be our topic next week as always if you have a suggestion or a comment you can send it to us at podcast at accuweather.com for our executive producers ken prell and andrew robin are hundreds of team members across the world that work so hard every day to keep you up to date and informed to weatherproof your life on accuweather our apps our accuweather.com site accuweather now that you can watch from accuweather.com and all of our other great media partners, TV, radio, those great radio stations I work with every day. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.